Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast. This is from our February luncheon with Bob Hurley. Now, if you live in the Tulsa area, you probably are familiar with Bob. Uh, He owns several different uh, dealerships around Oklahoma. Uh, He's been in the car business for over 32 years with Bob Hurley Ford, Bob Hurley Buick GMC, Bob Hurley RV, and now Bob Hurley Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. But that's not why we're tuning into Bob. Bob's message is probably one of the most in-your-face, most challenging messages uh, that we've had in a long time in our luncheon, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Bob got real with our audience. And if you listen to his podcast a while back, you kind of know the place that Bob's coming from. But I'm excited to share this with you guys because uh, this is a message that I think, if anything, we need to be reminded of as leaders and as men. And this is definitely something that I hope that you listen to multiple times because uh, these are the things that uh, will help us strive to be better leaders uh, in our home and better leaders in our family. So let's tune into Bob and listen to his message to young business leaders. Well, first off, it's an honor to be here with you guys today. Um, and preparing for this because this group is very near and dear to my heart because it was the young businessmen of Tulsa, and I see ladies in the room, so I want to apologize ahead of time that this was kind of geared towards the guys. So uh, please don't take it personal, uh, and there shouldn't be anything there in there that should be personal. But I guess a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 54 years old. Uh, I'll be married 35 years here in a couple of days. I've got two great kids. Um, got married when I was 19. My wife was 18. We met in August, engaged in November. She, we got married in February, and she graduated high school in May. So how was that? I had to go back to a prom and a graduation. Um, uh, so 35 years later, we're still married, and uh, it's been a great deal. But I'd like to start out today with a prayer, if you guys don't mind, so if you bow your heads. Generally, Father, we just pray and thank you for this opportunity to get together and fellowship and break bread. Dearly Father, I just pray and thank you for every single life represented in this room today. Dearly Father, we just pray and ask that we give that we give them your words that you'd want them to hear today. Dearly Father, they have a heart uh, to receive it. Dearly Father, we pray for supernatural blessings over their life. We pray for supernatural favor in every circumstance and every situation and every single person they come in contact with. Heavenly Father, we want to give you all the honor and the glory and the praise and everything we do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, I think today's world's a little bit interesting, the environment. Um, You know, trying to get ready for this because they say, hey, Bob, tell your story. And it's like, I I seem like that's all I ever tell people. And it it gets hard to kind of keep going back through it. So, you know, I graduated in western Oklahoma, uh, 32 kids in my graduating class. I'll try to give you a short version. Um... 17 girls and 15 boys, so the odds were pretty good you could have a date on the weekend. Um, You know, I didn't go to college. I started selling cars, and uh, 
1984 and worked my way up through different management positions and opportunity eventually in 1995 to get a chance to buy into my first automobile dealership and uh, bought in with uh, a nice family out of Midwest City called the Hudeberg family and uh, took over Riverside Nissan in 1995 and then in 2000 we sold it to a big public company and I went to work for the public company for a few years until I bought the Ford store in 2004. Um, and then later uh, bought a GM store in 07. Um, later opened up an RV store in uh, 12. Um, and most recently in 17, sold the GM store and bought a Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram store in a little town called Ponca City. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a uh, great public speaker by any stretch of the imagination. I, I just know that in my life, everything that's ever meant anything to me was relation, relationship driven. And I'm where I'm at today because of relationships. And it's a word that is highly underutilized and underappreciated in the world to where people think they have a thousand friends because that's what Facebook says. Uh, I, I believe that friends are something that if you have five of them in your life, you're a blessed individual. That person that you can call at any time for anything, for any reason, that will just come and take care of it and figure it out with you later. Uh, but the world is uh, definitely an interesting place, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, it, is it a competitive environment out there in all facets? Sure it is. Uh, but the issues that I have is, is kind of the way it goes, so I just want to talk to you a little bit about mindsets. Uh, the workforce uh, and our families are filled with people who simply just don't know how to finish anymore. It's like somewhere along the lines everybody got soft. Our morals, our values, our dedication, our commitments don't seem to really have that much uh, lasting power anymore. Quitting has become so easy. I believe it starts with the mindset. I believe it starts with the way we were raised and, and how it happened. And, uh, you know, today it seems like the if you're an employee uh, or an employer, it's like the mindset is, is if we just show up, it's enough. We should be rewarded. You should pay me for just coming to work. And, you know, I grew up in a time and an era where you gave, a, you know, honest day's work for an honest day's wage. Um, and, you know, and that was kind of how I was taught. But we live in, in a world where if you show up, it, it's just good enough. And it was interesting. A few years ago, something happened that, that has just stayed with me forever because I was amazed at how the guy got uh, bombarded. But uh, a few years ago... There was a guy named James Harrison. He was a football player at the Pittsburgh Steelers, most recently at the New England Patriots. He came home one day, and there was two trophies sitting there that his two boys had played in a football deal, and they'd lost the championship, and they got a trophy. And he asked them why they got a trophy, and they said, we got a trophy for participating. And he told these kids that we're going to take those trophies back and uh, give them back because we don't accept participation trophies. You lost the game. The media went nuts. I mean, they were all over this guy about how bad a parent it was and how he was messing his children's thought process up. And I thought it was interesting because the thing that I thought was great is, is that his response to the media was is that, um, and I'm going to try to quote this, so the quote that I, that I thought was great was, sometimes your best just isn't good enough. And losing and winning matters. You're either good enough to win the game or you're not good enough to win the game. And you've got to learn how to win and you have to learn how to lose. And I thought that was great because that's just the way life is. And he was teaching his kids a valuable lesson that, hey, you didn't win. 
there's nothing to be ashamed of in not winning, but you don't get rewarded for not winning. And I think that's a great lesson because we live in a society where now it's, uh, it's really interesting because I, I put down here that uh, if you show up, you get rewarded. You get a trophy. We live in a time and culture where in athletics, kids show up and everyone gets to play because that's what's fair. What does that teach them? Now we have this generation that started participation trophies 10 or 15 years ago that are now in the workforce. And they don't really know how to compete. They don't know what to do when it's hard because their life's been conditioned that if they show up, they'll get rewarded. It's like nobody knows how to dig anymore. And it really is bothersome as an employer in that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting because it seems like everywhere I go, if you talk to people, they continually talk about, I'm just tired. There's just not enough hours in the day anymore. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking about it going, wow, they're acting fatigued, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you know, I, I was sitting with a young man the other day, come by to talk to me about this event we were talking, and, he, and I, I made a comment that if you don't quit, you'll win. It's kind of a motto that I have. It's kind of something that I believe in. I might not win right now today, but I'll win if I don't quit. And it's like most people give up or quit right before their breakthrough is going to happen. And he's like, well, Bob, that doesn't make any sense. So you're telling me that you have to win. And I said, well, you know, the Bible says that we run the race to win. It's interesting. It didn't say we run the race to compete or we run the race because we show up. It says we're supposed to run the race to win. And he says, well, what happens when the marathon guy, you know, he's at 25.5 miles and he falls down and he collapses and he just physically can't move anymore. You're telling me he's a loser. And I'm like, no. But how many of those guys that collapsed at 25.5 miles go home and never run another marathon? There might be some, but most of them I know go back and train harder and get better prepared for next year so they can make the 26.2 miles. I said, so it's not the guy that crossed the finish line first. The, the win was you finished 26.2 miles. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I can run 26.2 miles. Okay? You know, so the question is, is that if you practice and you work hard at it, you get there, but you're not always going to cross that finish line the first time. But pick yourself up and dust yourself off. And it's interesting because, to me, time is the most valuable asset we have as a parent, as a father, a son, a brother, a husband, time. We can't make any more of it. You can't buy any of it because if we did, we'd all have our ATM cards out trying to go to the machine to buy more time. But the question is, what do you do with your time? And it's interesting. I did a little bit of research, and, and I want to talk about social media for a minute because I think it's a great thing. But what's interesting is in today's world, uh, the research says that the average American has five social media platforms they track, and they spend 2.5 hours a day on social media and 27 hours a week online. I got to thinking about that for a minute. That's 1,404 hours a year online, which is 58 and a half days, or 16% of their year. And that doesn't include streaming TV. So are you really out of time? Are you really that tired? What about the productivity in the American workforce? If you're spending that much time online, you're doing it during hours. That doesn't talk about the auctions are falling on eBay or Craigslist or the TV that shows they're streaming. My question is, I think it's a great platform for a lot of things, but it's just like everything else within reason. My question is, is 
I think that it's all great, but people, look, we, we live in a society where depression is running rampant, anxiety is running rampant. Um, and it's interesting, bullying is running rampant. And that came up in the deal. And my question is, is that when did it become our responsibility to carry the burden of him, of him, of him? Because if you have a heart and you have a brain and you're reading about them on social media, how much extra weight's put on you trying to figure out how to help them? Let's, like, let's talk about ladies for a minute, your, your daughters. You know, we obviously know that guys are visually stimulated and ladies are emotionally stimulated, right? So you've got a teenage girl and she has 1,300 friends on her Facebook page and you want to know why she won't come out of her room. She's trying to carry the burden of 1,300 girls on her chest because she can't read it and not own it, right? When we read it, we see it, we want to own it. And one, I want to thank you for what you do with the sex trafficking deal. I, I, I know it's a big deal, and, and you saw it, and you own it, and I appreciate that. Anything I do to help, sorry about that sidebar. just got to thinking about that. So when you read it, so that burden comes on. So in life, uh, kind of my transition, and I know this is a little bit off-key for Brian and those guys because I was, I was going to give you a lot of this, but let's talk about guys for a minute because I think guys, you're the backbone. You're supposed to be the head of the house. The buck stops with us. It's not your wife's job to raise the kids by herself. It's not your wife's job to clean up after you. It's not your wife's job to be the disciplinarian in the house. So I'm going to challenge men today, and that's kind of what my goal is. And, 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 and it's just kind of like if we can become a better husband, father, brother, son, friend, boss, and hopefully we'll become a better leader someday. Um, and it's interesting because when you talk to people, and it seems like I end up visiting with people, it's like they, they have this deal, so we have to figure out as men how to quit living in the past. You know, the past is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today is the first day of the rest of our lives. In my experience, it seems people get tripped up on their past when I'm talking to them, like what's happened to them, examples, where and how they grew up, the injustices they've suffered in the world. The abuse they suffered, whether it was emotional or physical. The dad they didn't have or the dad they did have. Lots of daddy issues. The family support they didn't have or the negative family support they did have. The education they could have or didn't have. And my question is, is that if we're men and we're designed to carry that load, here's, here's kind of my thought. You're a grown man, right? Right? So all the things that could have happened in your lifetime have already happened that you don't control. So here's my question, and I'm not trying to offend anybody today. We have to cut off the old part of our life that was bad, no matter what it was. And you've got to let it go. You've got to cut it off. And you've got to start new. And you don't have to carry that with you anymore. You don't have to be a victim you don't have to worry about what people said. If I was doing today what I was supposed to be doing growing up as a kid, what people around me thought because I was constantly in trouble, I was never a good student. Um, I mean, I had a half a day from flunking out of high school with like a D average. It was just like, please leave our high school so you don't come back. We don't want to deal with you anymore. So in life, if that was how I was supposed to end up, that would have been the way, but you, you got to... Let go of that. So here's just a few questions about 
how I think it's our responsibility as men to change the direction of our lives, the direction of your family, the direction of your career, the direction of your life as overall. Who's responsible for your feelings? You are. Um, nobody can hurt your feelings unless you let them. It's a choice. Who's responsible for your emotions? You are. You have to pick and choose the emotions you have. Attitude, the number one thing in my life. You have to choose the mood or the attitude you're going to have. It's a choice. Every morning when you wake up and you put your feet down on the ground, and I'm going to go as far as to say it doesn't matter if you stick your feet on dirt, tile, carpet, wood, whatever surface you put your feet down on the morning when you wake up, you choose right then what kind of day you're going to have. It's a choice. You have to choose to do that. And here's the one I think is interesting for most men, and I think it's just amazing. Offenses. You have to pick up an offense to suffer one. If I say something bad about you, David, you have to choose whether it's going to be offensive to you or not. If you don't pick up what I threw, you can't be offended. So I just kind of created a motto, and some people say I'm heartless, is one, I'm unoffendable and you can't hurt my feelings because I'm not going to give you access to them. Okay? There's one person that can hurt my feelings, and I'm married to her. Sherry, you can't say anything because she's known Sherry for 20 years. So, you know, my point being is, is, is that she has that place that if I'm out of line, she can get to tell me. You know, she's earned that respect from that. So I think that women have to be, I mean, men have to become stronger, tougher, and more resilient. It was interesting. I was at an event here about a week ago, and a, and a guy said something about men and about, he, he was a Navy SEAL, and he made the comment about, uh, when you go into the Navy SEAL, somebody asks what the toughest thing was. He says, getting the 17-year-old knocked off of me. And I thought that was an interesting phrase because it's like men today come up and they carry around like their, their, their emotional toughness that they had when they were 17. He was talking about that. And I thought that was a great deal. And somebody asked him about, well, about the guys you serve with. And he says, hey, you know, most people want people around them that are strong. You know, people that have, have, have can, you know, they're tough. And it was interesting because he changed. He said, no, I want to be next to guys in the ditch that are hard. Because tough and strong, they can quit. Hard never quits. And I think that that was just an amazing deal coming from a Navy SEAL because obviously those guys have been out there and get to see it. But here's kind of my, my plea. Men, it's an appointment from birth. You're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You're not allowed to ever be tired. You're never allowed to go to your man cave and watch TV and stick your head in the sand and not do what needs to be done at the house. Amen. Okay? Men, you are wired to be the man all the time. It's not your wife's job to be the disciplinarian. It's not your wife's job to handle everything in the house. It's your job. I hate to be this bold about it, but dadgummit, it's time for us to step up and take back what's ours and to lead the country and our businesses and our households the way that we were designed to be, the way God called you to be. Amen. I think it's interesting because in Ephesians it says the man's to be the head of the house. Most guys always go to Ephesians 5 and say, oh no, the wife's supposed to submit to the man. You know, she's under us. That's what the Bible says. Okay, skip up a couple verses above that where it says you're to love your wife the way God loved the church forsaking all others and all things above her, without a wrinkle, without a blemish. I've been married for 35 years. My wife has had two kids. She's got wrinkles and blemishes and flaws. But if I treat her the way God loved the church and loved her the way that God loved the church, her following me or submitting to something, really? 
She's going to be glad because it's not about submitting. You honor that. You're the man. You carry the load. And if we would do that, you guys, here's my deal. If you can become better men, you'll become a better husband. You'll become a better father. You'll become a better brother. You'll become a better employee. You'll become a better boss. You'll become a better leader. But you have to get better at what we need to be, and that's men. It's interesting. I love the Super Bowl. Did anybody think the Eagles was going to win? You know, a few. Really? Okay, I agree. But it's interesting because if, if you watch the speech of the parade the next day without a few of the adjectives or nouns that were in it, okay, the passion and conviction that he had about the guys that weren't supposed to be there that were too small, too slow, too fat, too, too tall, too skinny, not good enough, not a good enough coaching staff, who wins the Super Bowl with the backup quarterback? The whole point being is they made a decision to win. They wanted it more. And that's the question is, is when are we going to want it more? Where we don't spend two and a half hours online. Here's what I got news for you. I'm sorry, ladies, because I, 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 I'm feeling something. You know, I've had a couple of guys in my life over the last couple of weeks that have, have ran into tragedies because they spend too much time online. You guys online's a bad thing. There's too many access points for the enemy. You should never, ever be on a computer in your house unless you're in the same room as your wife. I do not own a computer at my house. My wife does not own a computer at her house. I have this. It sits on my bar in my kitchen facing my living room so that if I'm on it, my wife can see what's on that screen. If you are in a room on the other side of the house in a wing in your man cave on a computer in the dark, you're probably not doing something you're supposed to be doing. Don't do it. Somebody says, Bob, how can you live without a computer? If I could not live without a computer and go to a site I'm not supposed to be at, here's what I would do. I would throw it in a trash can. People say, you can't live without being online. Sure, I can. I get a flip phone. No data. Where all you could get a hold of me was on 10 digits where you had to hear me in a conversation. If you can't get away from it, you have to separate it. Period. Every area of your life. Every friend in your life. If they're not honoring or headed on the same path you do, you've got to cut it off. It's not optional. If they're not honoring their wife, why do you want to hang out with them? If they're not being at the right place at the right time, why are you with them? Because at the end of the day, it always comes down to who you're with and where you're at in life. Nothing bad's ever happened to me when I'm in the right place with the right guys, ever. Lots of bad things have happened with me when I'm at the wrong place with the wrong guys. I remember those years. They seemed fun at the time. They're not fun. It was a delusion that the enemy had on me. Okay? So, hey, I just want you guys to know it's an honor to, to be with you today. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anybody. Uh, like I said, if you don't pick it up, it can't be offended. Um, there are some great businessmen in this room, some great leaders in this room. There's some people here in our government. I want to pray for the guys in the government and what's going on and in the leadership for our country um, and appreciate what you guys do and uh, the service that you guys provide. Also like to, to talk to anybody that's a first responder, police or firefighter, and probably the unsung heroes of the, of the time right now is teachers. Those guys need your support. I hope that you guys grab just a little bit of what I was trying to convey today. Uh, success um, is hard. 
It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of commitment, and a lot of, 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 of breaks. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to tell you that I'm in business and have had the success I had because it's God's plan for my life, nothing that I did. The doors that were open for me to get to where I'm at today are incredible. We could sit here for another three hours and I could talk about every time the door closed, how the door reopened uh, so that I could get my first dealership. You know, I didn't, I'm not a second generation car guy. My dad, if you call the store, it's always funny. If you call the store and they do you want Bob, Her Bob Jr., John, Bob uh, Sr., and people always say Sr., and that's my dad. He works in my fleet department and has for the whole 12 years we've done it. It's been a great ride to have my dad there. Uh, with me every day, but it's always funny because they think that it was his and I came in behind him. I bought it and then was blessed to be able to hire my dad to come to work for me, did a great job for me. Uh, but the doors that were opened were all from God, had nothing to do with me and the favor that was on my life for that to happen so that maybe it would be about this opportunity here to tell you guys that God loves you. And uh, uh, with him, all things are possible. I think that's a... Uh, a pretty well-known verse, but anyway, I'd just like to close up a prayer. Dearly Father, we just pray and thank you for the government that's represented in this room. Dearly Father, for the first responders, the men and women that are involved in that, the teachers. Dearly Father, we just pray and ask that your hands be on every area of our life and everything we touch, that we prosper. Dearly Father, that these men and women today know that the calling that's on their life, Dearly Father, that it's ordered from you, and if they'll just keep their heads down, Dearly Father, and do the right things and keep moving forward that they'll be blessed beyond measure. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.